the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Just like anybody who owns a firm and who's running a firm, we have a lot to learn ourselves that we're always trying to grow to improve and to push ourselves to really become excellent attorneys and excellent legal marketers and excellent bosses. And thinking it all through, you and I were talking about, you know, what are the things that you and I can do to sort of push ourselves? And we thought, why not talk that through on the show itself? Why not let our guard down a little bit and see where it takes us? Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. You're back on the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on, bud? Oh, Tyson, it was a great weekend. We had beautiful weather here in St. Louis. I think most of the country had really nice weather. I did want to mention that our numbers are up on the podcast. We've been getting a lot more subscribers and people paying attention to our show. I had a couple of shout outs from friends who randomly found us. And I think the thing's really starting to take off. Yeah, and it's from December to January, it doubled. I think it may even tripled. And then from January and February, our numbers are up too. It has been really nice. It's been growing. The listeners have been spreading the word, which I appreciate. Facebook group uh, has done a lot. I think Twitter has done. I don't think you share the the podcast on Twitter, but I do, and so I think that helps quite a bit. But yeah, there's and it's weird because there's people actually searching through iTunes and through Google Play and I think Stitcher or whatever it is. They are finding us through there too, and they're looking for attorney podcasts. So it's going really well. I, hopefully, people are getting something from this. I think today's gonna be a pretty good podcast where we're gonna sort of open up ourselves to people to sort of expose our, our innards to kind of dive deep. But so I'm kind of excited about that. But uh, yeah, things are definitely growing. I love it. So the thing that we were talking about before we started recording was sort of examining, you know, the podcast is about six months old and sort of looking at what we've been doing. And we certainly like having our guests on. And we also like to give out advice like we're these gurus. But just like anybody who owns a firm and who's running a firm, we have a lot to learn ourselves that we're always trying to grow to improve and to push ourselves to really become excellent attorneys and excellent legal marketers and excellent bosses. So just on my end, this week, we're getting ready to hire a part-time attorney and a part-time marketing person. So we're really getting lots of calls and contacts. And the fact of the matter is that for the last three weeks or so, a lot of those contacts, if we don't contact them right away, have been falling through the cracks. And I was struck by our conversation on the show a couple of weeks ago with Seth Price about, you know, you need to have that immediate response when people raise their hand and say that they're interested. And so we've got someone coming in four hours a day 
to sort of help Marwan and I to really follow up and to, to push our before unit. But in thinking it all through, you and I were talking about, you know, what are the things that you and I can do to sort of push ourselves? And we thought, why not talk that through on the show itself? Why not let our guard down a little bit and see where it takes us? Yeah. And the big thing is that you use Infusionsoft a lot for the before unit, what uh, Dean Jackson and Joe Polish would call the before unit. So before, during, and after unit, before unit being the marketing unit, the during unit being really the practice of law, automating your practice, and then the after unit, the follow-up, either the follow-up with the the services you provided and then just the follow-up just keeping in front of them, which there's a lot of overlap between the before unit and the after unit, but they are different. So what the idea was is that you sort of challenged me on improving my before unit, and then I challenged you on really improving your during unit because I don't use Infusionsoft for a lot of my before unit, and you don't use Infusionsoft for a lot of your during unit. So as we push each other, hold each other accountable, we will improve as well. So I think that's the idea. Yeah, and you know, you and I sort of hold ourselves out as experts and gurus every now and then on this show. And, and obviously, I think that we learn more from our guests, and I learn more from talking to you than I do just sitting around thinking about how smart I am. But I remember there was a, a phase that I went through when I was listening to Entrepreneur on Fire, which is a, a podcast with John Lee Dumas. That guy records seven podcasts a, a week. He issues seven a week. So, But he drove me crazy because he said, an expert is just someone who knows a little bit more than you do. That's an expert. And if you look in the federal court rules, that's how they define an expert, someone who knows more than regular people in the jury. And I was like, that's not what an expert is. That's not even what it is in federal court. So you don't know what you're talking about, dude. But, you know, so one thing that you and I have kicked around and sort of where we're headed on today's show is that we've talked about bringing on a brand new attorney and sort of helping him, teaching him or her through all the kinds of things that we talk about, marketing, client retention, referrals, follow-up, all that stuff, good systems. And it occurred to me over the weekend, and you and I talked about it this morning, is that, you know, on the one hand, we could just hold ourselves out as gurus and act like we know everything. On the other hand, we could take the show in a little bit of a different direction and sort of use the show to talk out loud about the things that we're struggling with and the things that um, give us bad dreams or things that we worry about. And sort of lay it all out there and use the show as sort of a way to see how our mind works, to how we approach solving problems. And I think that we'll probably get feedback from the listeners and in the Facebook group of things that we don't even think of. So I think that we go for small wins, we talk them through, we mention the things that we're struggling with, and then you and I sort of push each other to do better in whatever it is that we feel like we're struggling with. Well, you just gave me the first thing we're going to talk about because I know I'm going to really challenge you on this. My guess is that you have zero onboarding process for this new attorney. Yeah. So the new attorney, this is interesting. So right now at our firm, we have three attorneys and we're going to bring in a part-time attorney. And she has an active Missouri law license, but she hasn't practiced ever. Um, As soon as she got her license, she started having kids and she's been a stay-at-home mom working at home. And so she wants to sort of get back into the workforce. And so in a lot of ways, we're starting her out sort of the way we start out our our legal interns. It's not like we're going to throw her in and have her handling cases. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't have a very good onboarding system, especially for attorneys. And over the weekend, Amani and I were driving out to dinner with my parents. And she turned to me and said, you know, that new person starting on Wednesday, right? I said, yeah. And she said, what do you have set up for them to do? And I was like, 
wait a minute, I've got to do that. I, that's that's my job. So I was sort of stressed out about it, but I've been working all morning on sort of what we're going to do to bring her and the marketing person up to speed. And so, you know, we're going to go for small wins. We're going to get her involved in, in one particular type of case. We're going to teach her citizenship first because that's sort of the most straightforward. And at first, she's going to be like a, a law intern doing research for us, maybe helping us with forms a little bit. But as of now, on Monday morning, we're recording this and she's starting on Wednesday. We don't have much formal intake or onboarding for her. Okay, so there's a lot of things going on with this that I've, I've got issues with. But one is the indoctrination part of it. You're just kind of just throw her in, it sounds like, which is a bad idea. But you still have time. Something that I've done with Infusionsoft, and this is something that you could easily do, and it's not that difficult to do, and you could always have Kelsey help you if you, have, if you need to or I can help you is you need to create videos using either QuickTime or whatever. You have a desktop version that you can record your desktop. I can't remember. Which, what do you use, Jing or something like that? Exactly. Okay, use Jing. Uh, you can also use HiFi, H-Y-F-Y, which actually will take a screenshot of the tab that you're in. Not screenshot, but screen video of the, of the tab that you're in. And you just need to break down. I think you've broken down every stage of your immigration process for each of the things you do. And I would start with the things that she's going to start with and whether those are, I don't know what kind of visas you, you have multiple names for different things. So whatever, pick one of the visas that you, you, you handle, start with that and then break it down to stages and then go stage by stage on how you all do things. And I know that you were talking about this method that you use with the intake and all that. You can even start with that, even though it's probably going to change at least for now start with doing a screenshot of what the what that actual document is and how you fill it out and go from point A to point Z on every stage of your case process. That way, the next time you do this and whenever you hire this assistant too, so you're hiring a new assistant, you're hiring a new attorney, and as you hire more and more people, you're, these aren't going to be the last hires you ever make. You're probably going to make some more this year. So every time you onboard them, all you have to do is put them into the system and they will watch these videos and it'll train them. I've done this multiple times now. And I and, and the way I have it set up, Jimmy, is they sit down at their computer, they watch module one, and then it automatically, once it's done, they get an email with module two. When they're done with module two, they get another email. It pushes them into module three. And so they go stage by stage by stage until they've done all of it. And I think it took three full days for my last hire to go through all of them, uh, Angie went through all of them in those three days. So with a lot of videos, you don't have to do that many between now and then, but you should do things like that because that way they can reference it. The thing that they we always talk about is that they can go back and reference it. They don't have to come and bother me and ask me questions. They can just rewatch the video if they want to. So that is one key thing that you can start doing uh, that's going to save you a bunch of time in the future. And I think you have an office manual, so a lot of this can just go right off your office manual, which is easy to do. So you're proposing that I do this ahead of time before she starts as opposed to doing it contemporaneously with her and recording it. Correct. That way it allow you to edit things if you need to. So you could do, I guess, go through it generally with her after you've watched the videos or before, or I don't even think you need to. I think if you do a video that fully explains everything, they do the video, you briefly discuss it afterwards, and she's good to go. I definitely don't think you need to sit down with her and do these videos at the same time. You may also creep her out a little bit. Right. Okay. All right. I like that. 
I like picking, I certainly like picking one topic. And, and one of the things that got me on this kick and wanting to talk to you about this, besides the fact that I'm sort of in this scenario where we're bringing on two new people, so it makes sense to talk about better practices when it comes to onboarding, is that I heard one of the podcasts that I listened to is Clayton Mask and one of the Martinos have that small business success podcast from Infusionsoft that I like, especially when they bring in people sort of from their elite forum, people who have grown their businesses. And somebody along the way was talking about how you know, that running a business is sort of like raising kids. And so, you know, like if you have a child who's like four or five and every day you button up their coat and zip up their coat and get them all ready, you can do that. And it's faster than taking the time to teach them how to put on their coat, how to zip up their coat, how to close the buttons, how to pull up their hood, how to tie the string and all that stuff that, yeah, it's going to spend you a little bit more time at the beginning, but in the, in the long run, it's going to save you a lot more time. So what I'm not very good at doing is doing that, taking that time, taking that break to, to build it out in a way that then I don't have to keep doing it over and over again and spending time doing it myself. Yeah, and you really, you don't even have to automate at this stage. I mean, automate, automating it is an advanced step, and for the listeners that don't have Infusionsoft, you don't need it. I mean, Hi-Fi is free, H-Y-F-Y. I, on my desktop, on my Mac, I use QuickTime. That's free. It comes with a Mac. I think Jing is free. These are all free things you could use. So it's not things that you have to spend extra money on. But what you can do, though, is you, you just give your – you can put it on a flash drive. You can email it to your to your employees, whatever it might be. You just record the videos, and it can take five minutes at a time. Some of them may take a little bit longer. may take half an hour. Some of them may be an hour, depending on what you do. But these are things you have to spend extra money on, and you don't, you don't even have to automate it. At some point, Jimmy, since you use Infusionsoft, you need to automate because it's not that hard to do. There are ready-made, I think, webinar-type, or not webinar, but video-type of uh, campaigns where you can just plug in the videos. I custom-built mine because I was using it. I based upon another campaign I'd already built. But you could just plug it in based upon what Infusionsoft has already created for us, and then it's pretty easy. You may not have time between now and Wednesday to do all your videos and automate it, but at least you'll have your videos that you can plug and play going forward. Okay, that's great. So I think that I talked about working on citizenship, but the fact is that H-1B season is upon us. I have prepared a lot of training stuff for H-1B, so I can use some of that, but I can also, these are employment visas, I can also work on getting her up to speed on H-1B so that that would be a good limited focus that she can work on. It's not going to involve her going to court or to immigration or anything. So it'd be a good entryway for her into the practice of the firm. And the fact is no one else here other than me really knows how to do it. So that would be something that I would be directly freeing up myself. I did this last H-1B season where I just did everything myself, but there's really, if there's one type of immigration case that can be automated and sort of outsourced or, you know, given to other people in the office, that's the one that lends itself to it the most because it's the same thing every time. Do you do that because it's easier? Yeah, I do it because it's easier. I can knock one out myself in about two hours. And this t- this year we have twice as many as we have last year. This year we're going to have about 15 H-1Bs. But if I taught someone else how to do it, they could do it probably in three or four hours. And then eventually, you know, they would get up to speed to do it as quickly as I do, especially if I, you know, wrote it all out. No, I guess what I mean is, do you do that because it's easy? That means that you're avoiding doing more difficult tasks. Is that why you do it? No, I don't think that's it. I mean, I, I, it does keep me from doing big picture stuff that only I can do. I don't think it's like a character defect or, or something wrong where I'm, I'm avoiding doing harder work. I just think it's something where 
I just tell myself that it's easier if I do it myself and, I, and I'm sure that I'll do it correctly more than, more than any kind of nefarious thing where I'm trying to avoid doing other stuff. But maybe you're right. Well, I just didn't know if it was maybe an issue where you didn't want to eat the frog kind of thing. So I was uh, maybe diving deep on that. But if not... Eating the frog, Tyson, I think would be me actually doing the work to make it so that I don't have to do the work. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what we're talking about. Is that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so maybe there is some of that. And what I need to commit to doing is taking that first hour of the day and eating the frog and doing things. To, and that's sort of why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast is, you know, to, to sort of be accountable and say, okay, are you going to walk the walk or talk the talk? And so I think that that's a good thing is that I spent some time this morning and I can spend some time tomorrow morning just getting ready for her and, and doing it in a way that sort of makes sense and it's going to free me up in the long run to scale. Because as long as it's all locked up in my head, I'm never going to be able to scale and I'm never going to be able to, to be free of doing all the work. Yeah, and I want to give you a different way of looking at this too, right? So you've got this new employee and you've got this person that's going to work for you part-time. Two, let's, let's say the attorney and the assistant that you're hiring. You have two people that, that you want to work for you for a long time. And part of what you're doing with your employees is you're also marketing to them as well. You are giving them signs like, hey, this is a stable environment to come into. We're going to be around for a while. We want you to grow inside of this firm and actually make a career of this. If they walk in on Wednesday and they're kind of like, oh, you're kind of like, well, what are we going to do today? Well, here's, a, here's this manual. Let's go over this and talk a little bit here. Talk, oh, it's lunchtime. Oh, after lunchtime, maybe we'll do this. Or maybe, maybe I'll have you sit with Imani. You know, it doesn't seem that organized. Whereas if you had them sit down, hey, you know, thanks for joining the firm. All right, today, here's what we have planned out for you. You're going to go through modules one, two, three, four, and five. Here's the things we're going to cover. Uh, once you're done with that, every time you get done with each module, you're going to get a new one. And then if you have any questions after each module, just come talk to me. And then also we're going to go through the user manual at this point. Here's these different things we're going to do here and there. You're, you're much more organized. You're signaling to them, we are, we've got our stuff together. And this is a firm to stick at, to stay at. So that way you're not investing your money in these people. And then they're looking for the next three, three months for another job. So just maybe another way to look at it. You're not just, this isn't all about you. This is also a, a lot about them as well. And you want to keep them around once you've invested that money in them. I think that's a great way of thinking about it. What's something that you're struggling with? Okay, so here's something I'm struggling with. We can get into some other stuff too, but something I've been wanting to do for a really long time is a newsletter. And you do a very, very good good job at it. My worry is is taking the time, maybe it's eating the frog too, is taking the time to actually sit down and do that newsletter and who to send it to and why do you send it to different people and you segment it, you create multiple newsletters. So what are some, I guess, some things that you do with your newsletter that makes it a little bit, a little easier to do? Yeah, maybe there isn't a, uh, a easy way of doing it. This is so much more comfortable talking about things that I'm good at, not things that I struggle. And I, I enjoy talking <laughs> about, I enjoy talking about things that you struggle with more than things that I struggle with. All right. So the newsletter, I think our friend Gary sends one out to attorneys and one to clients or potential clients. And I, I understand why he does that and he sort of alternates back and forth. I don't I don't know that you necessarily do that. I think that the great power of the newsletter is that, I mean, I've had many people come back to see me a year, a year and a half after the newsletter of they first got on our list. So I think one is just sort of that long-term connection. I think that your passion comes through in the week to week and it just sort of solidifies it. If they're actively reading it, I think that's just a real there's no substitute other than I think a podcast to really get your voice and your connection to people. 
on a regular basis. One tip, I think, for the, the newsletter that's really helped me is to, to write a little bit each day. Because if you're sitting down on Sunday morning or Monday morning to, to crank out a whole newsletter, it really can be stressful. But I've really gotten to where I write a pretty, a little substantive Facebook post each day, maybe a blog post a couple of times a week. And then I just repackage that all into the newsletter with links, you know, pushing everyone back to the website to see the different things that we talk about or the YouTube videos. And, you know, you're creating content regularly, Tyson. And so if you package it in a way to make it into bite-sized pieces, I think that's, that's easier than looking at a blank piece of paper every Monday morning. Okay. Here's another thing, though, because you're very consistent about sending it out every Monday. Well, it may be at different times, but you send it out every Monday. I don't think you do, but do you ever skip a week where you're like, I'm too busy, I can't do it? No, I've never skipped. The only time I skipped, I skipped one time, I think it was Christmas or New Year's. It was just that, that week between Christmas and New Year's this year. But other than that, it's every Monday. But I think everybody skips during the holidays just because it it's, can be time-consuming to get stuff done during the holidays. The thing is, people don't really remember if they, they just think they missed last week. They don't. I mean, every now and then I'll get an email from someone, hey, where's this week's email? But, you know, um, because it ended up in their spam folder or something. But I think that there's lots of ways to talk yourself out of doing it. And one is, well, I have to do it every week or, well, I have to have good content or it can't be boring. And, you know, we mix in stuff about our life and stuff about our family and stuff about the firm and stuff about clients, client successes. And by the way, client successes are probably the biggest thing that people really like. Um, everyone always comments on that. And it's gotten to the point now where when I'm handling someone's case, they talk to me about the future date when their picture and their story is in the newsletter. So it's really oh, become... Really cool. Yeah, it's sort of a virtuous cycle where people sort of view that as something that they want to attain. They get their picture up on the wall here in the office and they get their picture in the newsletter and on Facebook and people really sort of like that. Okay, so here's another one of my fears when it comes to the newsletter. You know that I hate email. I, I hate, hate, hate email. I'm sure that there's some people that I would be sending this to that would also hate email as much as I do. But whenever I also send other things out during the holidays or during other times of the year where they get this, you know, I, I like one year I did like national donut day. I sent an email out to clients, you know, so like just things off the cuff that aren't really, they're not like all around a big holiday because everybody gets inundated with an email during a holiday. So I try to pick another day that's a little different to kind of, that's kind of set out. But occasionally I will get an email back from the client saying, Hey, Thanks for the email. By the way, do you such and such called me on the case? Do you have an update or whatever it may be? They're asking for an update. They're asking for a question about the case. When you send these emails, are you then getting responses from clients about their cases? No, I would say that I probably get, you know, five or ten emails back, and five of them are like cool article. Thanks for sending. Or, hey, I have this other person I want to refer you someone to. I don't think I get very many oh, I'm really pissed at your law firm. Why are you sending me this? Or why are you working on this email hacking instead of working on my case? You know, I haven't gotten any of those emails, but I think you can tie yourself up in lots of knots in ways to try to avoid doing it, Tyson. But I think if you just push yourself to do it and sort of turn off all that noise as to why you shouldn't do it, you'll be a lot happier. I'm not necessarily worried about the ones that are pissed. It's just the generating more work because I've sent them an email. But it, I mean, it sounds like you don't have that, you know, big of an issue with it and it sounds like you're getting referrals from it so that's good if you have a client that's mad at you that wants to say express something about what's going on in their case then that's probably a good thing that you're hearing it directly from them as opposed to filtered through your team 
That's a very good point. I and mean, that's actually something that we're, it's funny you said that, because we're starting a new system of getting surveys early on in the case and then throughout the case. Because we want to know early on, too, if if the client's mad, if they're happy. Because sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes you think that you're doing all the right things and it, the client's happy. And sometimes you think you're doing all the wrong things and the client's unhappy. But it's, it's not true either way. So, But you're right. You, you, you definitely want that feedback. So that's good. You're, you're helping relieve some of my stress about, about sending this newsletter. Now, inside the newsletter, do you do you have calls to action? Just clicks to our Facebook group. I, I usually have an invitation to join our, our Facebook group, Immigrant Home. That group has grown from like 20 people that I first started it. We're now up to like 360 people. And now it's sort of interesting. I'd say clients and other friends are posting regular content to that Facebook group every day. Um, yesterday, there were five people that posted, and I was only one of them. So it's it's sort of interesting now that they're all, everyone, it's sort of what I wanted to happen is that they're all having their own discussions in the group about immigration, and I'm just sort of there to sort of chime in when, I, when necessary. It's not like no one's talking about cases. They're just talking about, you know, immigration so much in the news right now that as things occur, they're all sort of chattering about it. That's really cool. I like that. Can we do another me question? We can. We got to hustle. We're getting towards the end. But absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, so I've been putting together a book for two years now, and it is taking me forever. Do Come you on, have dude. fast? I know. Can you? Do you have a way of helping me get this book done fast? I mean, I have all the bones there, and I have a lot of it. I have a lot of it that I've dictated, and it it's in a word document. I still need to get it edited, and I still need some a few sections I need to get done. Do you have a way of streamlining this process for me? Yes, I do. Do you have those questions written out of what the other topics are you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. I've got the, I've got a whole outline, yeah. Of the things that are missing? Yeah, I do. All right. So here's what's going to happen. You email me those questions. We'll set some time later on this week. You'll give me those questions, and we'll record, and I'll ask you all those questions, and then we'll send them off to be transcribed, and then you'll be done. Sweet. Gino, he'll, he'll transcribe them for me, and I'll be done. Okay, cool. That was the easy one. I mean, that's what we do for the 90-minute book. I've got my second book with Dean Jackson's company, the 90-minute book, and they just interviewed me and, and it couldn't be any easier. So if you are like me in that you don't like to let go of that final product sometimes. So I think this will be good. Sweet. All right. Do your uh, hack of the week. My hack of the week is to get a trainer. I got a trainer. We were talking a little bit before we got on the call. Uh, my wife and I have a kick-ass trainer out in the pair um, at the lodge. And I've been working with her sort of nonstop uh, at first four days a week and now two days a week. And so since the middle of December, I've exercised just about every day. I've had one or two days that I missed. But other than that, I'm lifting weights, I'm doing cardio on the days that I don't lift weights, and I'm dropping some pounds, gaining some muscle. I've never been a weight guy in my whole life. When I was in high school, I looked around at everybody lifting weights. I was like, this is not for me. So it's been quite an adjustment. But um, having a trainer and having someone to hold you accountable is fantastic in the exercise context. And I really think, Tyson, I, I can see with our firm growing as much as it is that I'm going to need a coach myself. So I think over the next couple of months, I'm going to explore different coaching options because I need someone on the business end to hold me accountable too. I think you and I can do that for each other for now, but I think that to really take this thing to another level, I'm thinking about joining strategic coach or something like that. Very cool. Getting a coach has been something I've been considering for a while. I know a lot of people do. Someone who's going to be coming on the show, Brian McRae, he's a coach and I just did a webinar for him last Monday, and 
he's someone who I, I'm sort of talking to more and more about, about getting a coach and talking about the benefits of having a coach. And he's legit, so I can't wait to have him on. But if you talk to the most successful people in the world, 99% of them have coaches. There's a lot of things that they all do that are consistent, but having a coach is one of the big ones. So a lot of them were at $100,000 jobs or had businesses making $100,000 of dollars. And then now they're making billions of dollars because a lot of the credit goes to that coach. So I think a coach definitely is important. So my tip of the week is give gratitude, daily gratitude, preferably in the morning and then again at the evening too, but definitely in the morning. It's something that I've always sort of done at, at some level, but not daily. And so it was, it was not very consistent, but something I've been doing each day, even on the weekends is starting in the morning and writing down three things I'm grateful for. And it changes the way you think the rest of the day. It really does put you in a different mood. It's not like I start, you know, that's not like I start the day in a bad mood, but it just has shifted just my mindset quite a bit. And it, it puts you just in a different mindset. It makes you a lot more positive. Your vision, I would say, is a lot more focused when you start your day with gratitude. And so I recommend writing down three things that you're thankful for and going from there. And it really is a, a, a positive spin on your day. I think that's a great advice. I'm grateful for your friendship, grateful for our podcast. I, I think this was a great episode and I'm excited about these conversations. I really do get a lot out of when we have our own sessions, just you and I. For sure. And uh, same here. I, I appreciate your friendship as well. I don't want to get too mushy on the show. I don't want to push people away, but we do have some pretty awesome guests coming up. The founder of Ruby Receptionist, she's coming on soon. You've got a guy coming on that you, uh, a friend of yours, what's his name? The estate planning yeah. attorney? David Freeze. David Freeze is coming on. So yeah, we've got some really good guests coming on and I'm pretty excited about it. So the, the show is taking off. It's doing really well. So I can't wait to uh, have these guests on. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, bud. Have a good week. All right, you too, man. I'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.